race riots, looting, arson, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, absolute madness overtakes cities from coast to coast this weekend, spreading misery and chaos in their wake. That's the downside. On the bright side though, since no one cares about social distancing anymore, the unrest seems to have cured coronavirus. Then the mainstream media recast Black Lives Matter and the Antifa anarchists as white supremacists, which put white liberals in a tough spot since they were all raising money to bail the alleged white supremacists out of jail. A whole lot to get to. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Gotta tell you, I thought the cure for coronavirus was going to be a little bit more medicinal. You know, look, I'm, I'm no expert scientist, but I thought maybe it would be hydroxychloroquine. That looked kind of promising. Then I thought maybe it could be that vaccine. You know, they were working on that vaccine for coronavirus in Oxford. But it turns out, actually, and the scientists are all bewildered by this, the cure for coronavirus is a bunch of race riots all around the country. That managed finally to stop it. Who could, you know, science is always changing, I guess. Uh, we will, we will get into how the narrative changed and actually the relationship between coronavirus and the race riots. I think maybe the jury's still out. The science is still out. Maybe the race riots did not cure coronavirus, but I think we can say with some certainty that the coronavirus lockdowns helped to cause the race riots. I think it's hard to say otherwise. What is causing this? The inciting incident was this death of George Floyd. George Floyd was the man in Minneapolis where the cop had the knee on his neck and it looked pretty clearly like police brutality. And then the guy died. And that was ostensibly what sparked this whole thing. But why this response? I mean, we'll get into the specifics of George Floyd's death in just a little bit. Why this response? It's not as though this is the first example of police brutality or apparent police brutality that's ever happened. It's not as though police brutality is the only crime that ever happens in the United States or even a particularly pervasive one. So why this response? I think it's because people are really, really on edge because they've been locked up for over two months and they've been thrown out of work and they don't have any money anymore and they've been sitting on their couches doing nothing. 40 million people out of work, many of whom are young fighting age men who need to get their energy out, just like little boys need to go run around outside and get their energy out. Young men need to go do things that are productive because idle hands are the devil's playground. And when you lock them up and take away their freedom and take away all their money for months at a time, bad things happen. Unintended consequences. Remember Andy Cuomo? If everything we do saves one life, it will have been worth it. Well, how many lives is it saving on the whole? Hmm? What, what are the other effects of this? Right now, looks like race riots. What did we think would happen? What did we think would happen when we normalized wearing face masks all the time, dressing up like banditos to go to restaurants, to, to walk into banks? You can, you can now walk into a bank with a face mask. You think that's maybe not a great idea if you have civil unrest? Plus, that's the first level. The second level of this, all of us have been glued to our social media for the past two months. I don't know if you've spent a lot of time on Twitter. I sure have. When you're on social media, you're a little bit more rude to people than you are in real life. <laughs> okay, people talk to each other on social media in ways they would never do so in real life. It, it distances you. You don't look at the other person as another person. You look at them as some avatar. And, and basically, the way I would describe Twitter is just walking up to strangers, shaking them and calling them idiots, right? That's basically all that happens. That's another level of that. 
Plus, when you're spending all your time on social media, you're just waiting for the next dopamine rush. You're waiting for the next outrage to fill you with righteous indignation so that you can go out and burn it all down. That is the feeling of social media. And, and by the way, when we're all communicating with each other all of the time, it reminds me of a, a story from this old dusty book known as the Bible, which is uh, the story of Babylon, Tower of Babel, which is uh, that you, at the Tower of Babel, all the people start communicating with each other all of a sudden, and bad things happen. So many bad things happen that God decides to dispel all of them and confuse their tongues so that they can't speak with one another. Maybe we need another one of those again. Maybe when we're all talking, uh, things don't go that well. Here is the changing narrative. First, the mainstream media tell us coronavirus super duper deadly so deadly that if you walk outside your door, you are going to die. If you even consider protesting the government response to coronavirus, you are endangering people. Washington Post, a noose, an axe, and Trump-inspired insults. Anti-lockdown protesters ratchet up violent rhetoric. Oh gosh, these these anti-lockdown protesters, they must have been committing violence. Well, no, I guess they weren't committing violence, but it was violent rhetoric at least. And that's a bad thing. That's so bad that you need to write a Washington Post article about it. Then from the nation, left-wing magazine, the press is amplifying a dangerous know-nothing ideology. The anti-lockdown protests aren't the first time the media has been swindled into cheerleading and extremist faux libertarianism. Swindled, darn it, I tell you. There's nothing righteous about going out there and protesting. This is a dangerous situation. And then uh, from the peak, anti-lockdown protests ignore social responsibility for egotistical freedom. It is unacceptable to risk the health of others with poorly considered arguments against quarantine. Okay, you can't go out and protest because there's this deadly virus on, right? That's what they first told us. Until liberals started to protest and until leftists started to protest, then the protests were really, really good. So the next story we heard was that mass gatherings and protests are totally fine if they're in service of Black Lives Matter or if they're in service of Antifa or if they're in service of leftism generally. And even when they get violent, they're, they're not really violent. They're not riots. They're not looting. No, no, no. They're actually a merry caravan. That according to CNN. Not only protesters walking now, but they have uh, several cars that have sort of joined the protest as well. And it's now just sort of a, a merry caravan. It is worth pointing out that it has been entirely peaceful, sometimes angry, but entirely peaceful. A few people uh, doing some graffiti. When, when others saw them doing the graffiti, they would shut them down, make them stop doing it. Bottle thrown, uh, which is not uncommon. So there is some of that, but for the most part, they have been very, very peaceful. Uh, they haven't, uh, they haven't been destroying anything. They've, they, they like to take it out of the media, as everybody does. But rather than you know yell at us and and, and throw stuff at us, not in a in a mean way. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be fine. Yeah, they're very peaceful. They're, whoa. Uh, yeah, no, they're, they're, oh, yikes. Okay, hold on. But they're super, oh, look, occasionally they throw stuff at us, but they peacefully throw it at us. It's definitely not violently thrown there screaming at us about all the violent things they want to do. Yeah, okay, there's some of that, but I got mostly, believe me, don't listen to them. Don't listen to the rioters. Just listen to me, CNN. I am telling you 
that they're not violent. MSNBC got in on the action. This was probably the most ridiculous clip of the entire protest. Uh, there's an MSNBC guy in Minneapolis. The building behind him is burning to the ground. It is completely on fire. And the reporter says nothing to see here. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it, is not, uh, it is not, generally speaking, unruly. But fires have been started. Okay, it's not generally speaking unruly. It's mostly, oh, that? Oh, that, that's the building that's on fire. Yeah, it, um, oh, it's a long story. We probably don't have time to get into it. Look, just take my word for it. It's a mostly peaceful protest. And yeah, I don't know, something happened. But we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. That was the second stage of the narrative. Third stage of the narrative, finally, when they couldn't deny that it was violent anymore on account of, you know, all the fires and the looting, they admitted that it got violent and they started blaming white supremacists. We'll get to that in one second. First, though, I got to thank our friends over at Rock Auto. Some people might need auto parts these days from what I'm noticing. And you know that when you go to the auto parts store, they never actually have what you need. A lot of stores emptied out these days. And so if you show up to the shop, you might say, okay, I want uh, whatever, the doohickey for my Honda car. I don't, you know, I don't know anything about car parts. What I do know is every time I go to the car parts store, they don't have the part for my car. Then they go online. They probably go to rockauto.com. They order the same part. They charge me twice as much. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, which is basically the whole history of online. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. They're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Don't spend twice as much. That would be crazy. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Website is super easy to navigate. Even I can do it. So head on over there, write Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. So the first part, coronavirus, super deadly. You got to stay inside. Mass gatherings are bad. Then the leftists mass gather. So it's mass gatherings are fine. Then they turn undeniably violent. So the mainstream media blame white supremacists. Even public officials are blaming white supremacists. Here's the public health uh, supervisor, public health commissioner in Minnesota. As we've begun making arrests, we have begun analyzing the data of who we have arrested and begun actually doing what you would think is almost very similar to our COVID. It's, it's contact tracing. Uh, who are they associated with? Uh, who, what platforms are they advocating for? Uh, and we have seen things like white supremacist organizers who have posted things on platforms about coming to Minnesota. Uh, we are checking to see, do the folks that we, have, that we have made arrests on and that we have information, are they connected to those platforms? The white supremacists, all four white supremacists in America must have descended on Minnesota and burned it down. This is the claim that the mainstream media started to parrot didn't make a whole lot of sense on account of most of the rioters and the looters were black. So unless they were extraordinarily confused Klansmen, probably not white supremacists. Uh, that claim finally disappeared. There was one that, that replaced it. It, it. it was pretty obvious though, that when you saw all these videos, everybody's got a camera now, everybody is a journalist. So you, you could see the, the looting and the riots in real time. A lot of the looters did not seem particularly interested in justice for George Floyd either. (laughs) 
So you could see people there robbing a Nike store, and there's this woman who's got a bunch of shoes in her hands who looks as happy as she could be. Christmas came early because she got these free shoes. Hey, lady, why are you stealing all those shoes? Something tells me justice for this man who was killed in Minnesota probably would not be very high up on her list. Now, there were some white people there. They weren't white supremacists like the Minnesota Public Health Commissioner says, but there were a lot of white people at these riots and, and protests. Uh, those, those white people that were associated with Antifa, so they weren't neo-Nazis, they weren't fascists, they were communists and anarchists and so-called anti-fascists. There were people who were being bussed in to cause a lot of mayhem and riots in these places. Uh, Fox 11 News caught one of them on camera in, in Santa Monica. Where did you come in from? Indiana. Indiana? Yeah. When did you get to Los Angeles, Southern California? Uh, today. And why did you come? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, the, the unidentified man covering his face, we don't know if uh, everything he's saying may be exact. Uh, I should clarify, that actually was a black guy. I couldn't tell actually when I first saw the clip because everyone has face masks on, but I could just see it on his hand. There were other uh, white people who also were part of Antifa who were bussed in. Uh, actually, one of, there's a great clip. One of them uh, was spray painting on a building and uh, uh, this was a clearly white person, even though there were a lot of masks on, you can see because they're spray painting. And a group of black people come up and say, hey, stop doing that. They're going to blame black people for that. Let me tell you this. This is not a black woman who's putting Black Lives Matter. I just want you to know that when right, but y'all y'all doing that for us, and we ain't asking you to do that. Listen, don't 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 spray stuff out here when they gonna blame black people for this, and black people didn't do it. Okay, so regardless if you're talking about these moments of Antifa people, white Antifa activists who are committing acts in the name of Black Lives Matter and the black people getting upset about that, or if you're talking about the mainstream media narrative that this is white supremacists, either way it created an awkward situation for white liberal celebrities who started to raise money online to bail out the rioters who got arrested. Because you can't have both at the same time, right? You can't, on the one hand, they're trying to say that these are good people, it's peaceful, they're, they're just standing up for justice, and that's why we've got to bail them out, because they're the good Black Lives Matter peaceful activists. Give us your money to bail them out. Also, because obviously the thing is extremely violent, also it's white supremacists. If it's white supremacists, then that means Justin Timberlake is raising money to bail neo-Nazis out of jail. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? They're trying to have both sides and they cannot do it. The key to understanding this whole thing is the white liberals. We'll get to that in one second. First, I've got to thank our friends over at ReadyWise. Our sponsor, Wise Company, recently changed their name to ReadyWise. Now is a better time than ever to be prepared with long-term nutritional food options. You only need to turn on the television or perhaps look out your window to realize how important it is to be prepared for an emergency. ReadyWise has many options like emergency meals, freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition, and new adventure meals for hiking, camping, and other outdoor activities. ReadyWise uses the finest ingredients and latest food preparation technology to ensure optimal taste 
and freshness. Every recipe is crafted by a team of chefs to provide a nutritional meal during critical times. Really important to do it and uh, really, really high quality. This week, my listeners can get free shipping at readywise.com when entering Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S at checkout or by calling 855-453-2945. Readywise has a 90-day no questions asked return policy, so there's no risk taking the initiative to get yourself and your family prepared today. Do it. Be prepared. Readywise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E, Dot com promo code Knowles to get free shipping. I took an impromptu trip to Laguna Beach with sweet little Elisa this weekend. Just, we had, not because of the riots, not because we planned anything. We just decided, hey, that'd be fun. Maybe we'll go down a little romantic trip. Then all the riots break out. The first thing to tip us off was we're walking around Laguna Beach, California, and we saw a protest for Black Lives Matter. All of the people, there were only about 10 or 12 people at this protest, all of them were white people with the Black Lives Matter signs. They were ostensibly standing in solidarity with the white Antifa people who were burning down black neighborhoods. And I guess there were also black rioters and looters and, and some peaceful protesters too, sure. But consider that all white group of people in standing up in the name of justice for black people, standing in solidarity with the Antifa white people in justice for black people to burn down black neighborhoods. That is peak ideology. That's what happens when the, re- the reality is so disconnected from the delusion. All about white liberals, all about their feeling of guilt. I I have all these white liberal friends. I've lived in very liberal places in my life, so I've got many of this genre of friend. Their Instagram feeds these days, their Facebook feeds are insufferable because they're all posting about how racist they are. And my first reaction when I saw these white liberals posting about how racist they are, I thought, damn. I've been friends with these people for years. I had no idea what monsters they were. I had no idea. I was friends with all these racists. I thought they were just nice, normal people. But it turns out, according to their Instagram feeds right now, they're vicious, horrible racists. Why was I friends with those people in the first place? I don't know. This has become very fashionable for white liberals to perform their, their guilt and their grief and their remorse for the color of their own skin because about how guilty they are because really, deep down, beneath it all, They think of themselves as unwitting white supremacists. David Duke, without meaning to be so. Brooke Baldwin on CNN cried the same tears, performed the same racial grief. How would you, there are so many emotions as I'm sitting here listening to you. I'm I'm having my own, I'm surprised at my own emotions on on, on TV with you, but I've just, as as a white woman, aware of my own privilege in this country, I am so angry. And I can't even begin. Forgive me. No, it's it's a human, it's a human emotion, Brooke. What did Brooke Baldwin do? Was Brooke Baldwin, was she like an instigator of Jim Crow? Was Brooke Baldwin there standing at the polling places saying, you can't vote, but you can vote? Why, why, why are you so sorry? What did you do? I don't know, maybe she did something. Is it, is it just that she feels grief because a guy died? Well, 55 people are killed in America every day. Why, why this one? Why, why focus on this one 
to the exclusion of all the others, all the other racial injustices or other forms of injustice, because there obviously are many other forms of injustice. It is a, 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 a highly politicized, highly agenda-driven sort of performance. This whole thing started because of ideology. Begins with the sad incident involving George Floyd. That incident was used to push this lie that there's an epidemic of racist white cops slaughtering any black man who dares to exit his house nationwide. That's what LeBron James told us. Remember he said, the minute black men leave their house, we are hunted down. Obviously not true. How do I know that? Because LeBron James is LeBron James. I think he's doing just fine. So that lie was then used to justify looting and torching cities. And that lie was then used by white liberals to discourage putting down the race riots, which made the situations much, much worse, specifically in black communities. What's the end result? End result is that Black Lives Matter rioters get to flex their muscles, looters get free TV sets, Antifa thugs get bussed in from out of town to burn things, and good people themselves get burnt. Good people's communities themselves get burnt. In reality, in reality here, white liberals' ideology is a far greater threat to black communities than the Ku Klux Klan. That's not my words. That's not what I'm saying. Those are the words of Van Jones, a left-wing black commentator who uh, makes a very good point and with whom I, I basically, basically, not totally, but basically agree on this matter. Here's Van Jones on CNN. It's not the racist white person who's in the Ku Klux Klan that we have to worry about. It's the white liberal Hillary Clinton supporter walking her dog in Central Park who would tell you right now, she, you know, she, people like that, oh, I don't see race, race is no guilt to me, I see us all as the same, I give to charities. But the minute she sees a black man who she does not uh, uh, respect or who she has a slight thought against, she weaponized race like she had been trained by the Aryan nation. A Klan's member could not have been better trained to pick up the police and pick up the, her phone and tell the police it's a black man, African-American man, come get him. So Van Jones is talking about that lady in Central Park. His, his read on it is a little uh, more skewed because he's obviously he's not talking about the actions of the guy, you know, this like creepy guy who walked up to her and tried to lure her dog away and was filming her. And he's not talking about the sexual aspect of this whole thing. But I basically agree with this point. Because part of this woman's hysterical breakdown was she said, I'm going to call the cops and say an African-American man is attacking me. And you see this with a lot of white liberals is they, they talk a good game, but actually they have very condescending, patronizing views about black people. They don't view black people as equal. That's why they allow black communities to burn is they think like, oh, well, obviously we never allow this to happen in our community. But if, if, if black people want to do it in their community, uh, that's fine. It's a different thing. We're obviously so, so different than they are. And the effect of this is, well, everyone gets to enjoy their ideology and their delusions and their fantasies, and some people get free TVs. Normal people, good, normal, rail, regular people in communities get destroyed. There was a, a woman who was interviewed in Minneapolis. Her community has just burned down, and she was sobbing because now she had nowhere to turn. They went straight to Office Max, the dollar store, and every store over here that I go to, I have nowhere to go now. I have no way to get there because the buses aren't running. These people did this for no reason. It's not going to bring George back here. 
George is in a better place than we are. Last, last night, I'm going to be honest, I wish I was where George was because this is ridiculous. These people are tearing up our livelihood. It's a terrible video to watch. Something tells me that woman's not on Twitter. Something tells me that woman isn't coordinating with the Black Lives Matter organization and then coordinating with the Antifa organization and thinking about revolution and we're going to bring the guillotine and finally down with the system man and we're going to bring Marx in here and final. No, something tells me she's just trying to live in her community and just have a life, you know, and kind of do the things that we all do in life. And these maniacs, these radical ideological villains have come in and burned down all the places that she goes to and all the things that she cares about. And she's the victim. And guess what? And they're going to move on. They're going to go now. They're, they're moving city to city. They're moving all around the country, but she doesn't get to move on. She's still in her community and nobody, nobody is talking on her behalf. Nobody is standing up for her. Not Black Lives Matter, not Antifa, not the white liberals, Nobody. Nobody's doing that. Very sad. Meanwhile, prominent left-wing communicators are encouraging the destruction. Chris Palmer, he's a former ESPN reporter, NBA reporter. Chris Palmer, blue check mark on Twitter, he tweets out there's an image of low-income housing burning to the, a low-income building, completely on fire. And he tweets out the phrase, quote, burn that SHIT down burn it all down. So low income housing in downtown in the city, burn it down. Yeah, that's right. Next tweet. Once the protesters started moving out of downtown, started moving toward Beverly Hills, some of the nice areas in LA, all of a sudden it was a different story. He says, I'm as down for the cause as anybody. Any of you clowns thinking you're going to loot the Grove or Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, it will not work out well for you. Trying to loot Rodeo Drive is probably the worst idea in the history of bad ideas. I'm as angry as everyone else, but keep that SHIT in downtown LA. Don't bring it to my neighborhood, not my backyard. Oh no, you keep that in your poor neighborhood, but in my rich neighborhood? No, no, no. I don't, we don't want revolution there. Just in your bad place. He goes on, you bring that SHIT to our neighborhood and I'm going to have a real problem with it. There's a lot of people up here who care and are angry. Attacking our neighborhood kills the movement and disgraces George Floyd. This freaking jerk, he actually stands on the grave of this dead man in Minnesota to explain why people should burn down the area where lots of low income, disproportionately black people live but not in his nice neighborhood where lots of rich people and mostly like Persian people and white people live. Don't do that. No, that would disgrace the memory of George Floyd, but go burn down downtown LA. He, George would love that. Oh, he'd be thrilled. What's the political outcome here? We'll get to that in one second. Is this going to help Trump? Is it going to hurt Trump? What should we do about all of this? How do we keep our cool? We'll get to that in one second. First though, I've got to thank you and I've got to tell you, you've got to go over to the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel. Probably you're watching this right now. If you're watching it, you're probably watching it on the Daily Wire YouTube channel. That's fine. It's all well and good. We should, that's okay to give Ben some views over there. Okay. But we also have a Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel. And right now I'm in a race with my friend, Andrew Clavin. He wants to get more subscribers than I'm going to get. This is a very bad idea. With all the pressing issues in this country, this one might be the most important one. Head on over to my YouTube or to my YouTube channel and subscribe. Uh, we've got a lot of fun bonus segments. We got one coming up with my friend Maddie Kearns discussing 
the, uh, a major transgender decision that's coming down the pike from the courts. There are decisions being made in the executive. Uh, important to get that, that uh, background. So head on over there right now and please go get me to 50,000 subs before Drew gets there. Also, right now, you got one tumbler, you got two tumblers. That's what you get when you sign up for Daily Wire's most exclusive membership tier, All Access. The All Access membership tier is our premier level of membership. Head on over right now. You get everything. You know, you get the shows, you get more of the Ben Shapiro show, you get the All Access. Uh, you get an ad-free website experience. None of that matters. You get the Leftist Tears Tumblr, and you're going to need it. Dailywire.com slash subscribe to join All Access. Get 15% off with coupon code Knowles right now. Dailywire.com slash subscribe. See you there. We'll be right back with a lot more. What's the political outcome here? Is this going to help Trump or is this going to hurt Trump? There was a hysterical white liberal lady in Santa Monica who was screaming at the looters running into the store stealing stuff. She said, stop looting. Stop stealing stuff. It's going to get Trump reelected. This is going to get Trump reelected. Please stop. Think first. Do not get Trump reelected for your behavior. Please. Santa Monica. Please don't leave. We don't want Trump reelected. Please don't do that. We're only going to want him. Please, please stop reelecting Donald Trump. If, you know, there's a lot of wisdom to what this woman is saying. When there's civil unrest, people prefer to go for the law and order candidates. This happened in 68 with Richard Nixon. And then Nixon obviously got reelected. So it, this might help Trump. Trump ran in 2016 as the law and order, tough on crime kind of candidate. And Republicans tend to occupy that space. Trouble is though, Trump has weakened his law and order cred because one of his big legislative initiatives that he pushed is the so-called First Step Act, which we can debate the merit of the First Step Act all day, but the effect of it is to let criminals out of prisons. And I don't think that when people look around at these riots going on and burning buildings and people dying around the country, I don't think their first thought is, yeah, we don't have, we have too many people in prison. Yeah, we got, we, our prisons are too full. No, I think their thought is we don't have enough people in prison. We need to put these people in prison. So that's going to hurt him a little bit. Also, President Trump hasn't yet addressed the nation on this. And a lot of people are calling for it. A lot of conservatives are calling for it. I'm not saying this hurts Trump. I don't know that it will because you've got the Biden campaign engaging in totally unforced errors. There's a headline from Reuters that came out that the Biden campaign staff donated to a group that is posting bail for rioters in Minneapolis. So the Biden campaign is actually springing these thugs from the clink. If you got a choice between Biden and Trump, in, in that case, you're going to pick Trump. And also when there's civil unrest, when people actually, it seems like we're not just on the verge of violence, but there's violence going on around the country. You don't want the doddering senile person who doesn't remember his own name. I, regardless of your ideology or your philosophical views, probably you're going to want the guy who's a little more virile. Trump needs to show that he's still virile. Secret Service reportedly evacuated him to a White House bunker last night that's used during terrorist attacks because there were that many mobs and rioters coming up against the White House. They lit the, the St. James Church, the most famous church in Washington, D.C. They lit it on fire. Uh, luckily, they seem to have put it out. H how are we going to deal with this? How's Trump going to deal with this? Uh, uh, reportedly, again, take it with a grain of salt because it's from the mainstream media, but reportedly, some of Trump's advisors are urging caution play it really safe. Don't come out against the rioters. Hold listening sessions. Listening sessions. 
rioters throwing Molotov cocktails, looting stores around the country, destroying businesses, destroying lives, destroying cities, burning down buildings, burning down police buildings, have listening sessions. Probably not a great idea. If any advisors are proposing listening sessions, probably Trump should get some new advisors. Those advisors are not paying attention to what's going on. Those kinds of proposals actually remind me of one of the viral videos that went around from the weekend. And this was of a guy in one of the cities that's burning down. I don't even remember which one. And the guy is trying to light a building on fire. But fortunately, this rioter is so incompetent that he actually catches himself on fire when he does it. You hate to see it, don't you? You hate to see it when a rioter is trying to burn down a city, but then his hair is too big, so he accidentally catches his hair on fire and tumbles down the stairs and rolls to try to put it off. You hate to see it. I mean it. I mean it. You hate to see it. That video reminds me of this Trump, alleged Trump policy of holding listening sessions. That you're going to, while the country is being destroyed, you're going to create an unforced error. You're going to set yourself on fire. No good will come from listening sessions with rioters. No good, none, not, not one little bit. You will only harm yourself. You will only increase, accelerate the rate at which your political power is burning to the ground. Got to take a different course. Huntington Beach, California showed the way. Huntington Beach, California, one of the few conservative towns here in SoCal. It's down in Orange County, the promised land. These Antifa wackos decided to show up to Huntington Beach. All right, they've been burning, and, and some Black Lives Matter people, and some rioters, and some, right? They've been showing up all over the place, right? So they show up to Huntington Beach. Huntington Beach just says no. So you see people, they got Trump uh, flags, they've got all different kinds of hats, men and women. The rioters show up there, and the, the normal pro-Trump people chase them out of town. <laughs> you can actually see the video later. They are all leaving Huntington Beach because these guys are saying, no, I don't think we're going to have any listening sessions here while you burn down our city. I'm pretty sure uh, we're going to make you all skedaddle. Smart stuff. And some women were hurt in the, among the pro-Trump Huntington Beach crowd. I mean, this was, it, it did get violent. These rioters are violent, vicious, terrible people. But ultimately, they got chased out of town when people stood up to them instead of coddling them holding listening sessions. Huntington Beach is not going to be bullied into letting their city burn in the name of, in the name of racism or anti-racism or fascism or anti-fascism or thisism or thatism. Ain't going to happen. They're going to run them out of town. We should take notes because riots create inevitably bad outcomes. There was a, another video going around last night of downtown somewhere. Again, I don't know. It's happening in so many different cities. Couldn't even tell you which downtown it was in. I, th- I think it might've been Los Angeles, but I'm not sure. There's a, a car is driving and a mob of violent rioters surrounds the car and they start attacking the car and opening the door. We, we've seen the videos all around the country, right? The minute these rioters get you out of your car, you're done. You're not getting back up. You're not walking away. Forget about even defending your property. At that point, it becomes a question of defending your life. Or imagine if you have your wife in your car or your kids in your car. So these guys surround the guy in the car. Well, guess what he's going to do? 
he's going to put his foot on the accelerator. Very sad stuff. If you surround a man in his vehicle, expect to get smushed. That is a law of nature. That, I, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm saying it's inevitable. If, if I am in my car and you surround me and you're threatening me with violence and you're trying to get me out of my car, there's only one thing I can do. And that is to put my foot on the accelerator and get the hell out of Dodge. Okay. That's just a bad outcome. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to have to put his foot on the accelerator. Nobody wants to be dragged out of his car. That is an inevitably bad outcome caused by tolerating these riots. A, a good policy here, which we're not seeing pushed by mostly liberal Democratic mayors and mostly liberal Democratic governors, maybe exclusively liberal Democratic politicians, and all the way up until the federal level, and finally at the federal level, Trump is saying we, we got to send in the National Guard, which eventually they've done in a lot of these places. But that's what happens here. When you tolerate this kind of stuff, you think you're doing it in the name of compassion. There's nothing compassionate about putting, that in the, putting people in this situation where inevitably people are going to get hurt. Race is lying as a, as a major issue in all of this, right? And I think people, they don't know why racism is bad. I actually think we don't, you know, you always hear the left talking about, we need a national conversation about race. Then we never have a national conversation about race because the left never wants to have any conversation. They never want to have any listening sessions. They just want to scream and yell and riot. Racism is bad. The reason it is bad is that it is an offense against human dignity. Man is made in the image of God, right? Man descends from a common ancestor, Adam. That, regardless of your views of the Bible or the Genesis account or any of that, that is why racism is bad. That is the only reason that anybody has ever thought that racism is bad, is because we are made in the image of God, so there is a brotherhood of man, and we all descend from a common ancestor, Adam, so there's human solidarity. Racism itself takes different forms. On the left, uh, racism takes the form of believing that white people are bad. That's what you're seeing on your Instagram feeds right now. Or for the white liberals, it's the belief that uh, what they actually think is that white people are superior, but it's wrong that they're superior. And so they feel a lot of guilt and, but they still feel superior. So they're still going to exercise that in, in various ways. But that's kind of left-wing racism. On the right, when racism manifests, it's usually a reactionary kind of racism. You see it in the recesses of the internet. It focuses on IQ. It talks a lot about IQ or it talks a lot of, actually, it usually takes the form of anti-Semitism and these theories about the Jews controlling every single thing in the world and everything is the Jews' fault. Those are two ways racism manifests. The left thinks that the cure for racism is a different kind of racism. So the cure for thinking that whites are superior to blacks is thinking that blacks are, are better in some way than whites. And we need to give a lot of privileges to blacks and, and not to whites and not, ha not have racial equality, just kind of flip the racism. The right believes that the cure for racism is a denial of racial consciousness. So you see this all the time among conservatives. They say, you know, I don't, I don't see race. And very often it, it's true. They don't see race. They don't think about race that, that much. I promise you. They do, I, uh, the left doesn't believe this when we conservatives say this. We don't think about race that much. We don't care. It is not on the top list of priorities. But it is the case that leftists think about race a lot. 
most other racial groups have a fairly high and developed degree of racial consciousness. That is an undeniable fact. Now, both of those cures, the left's cure and the right's cure, both of them are wrong. The denial of the problem obviously doesn't solve anything. So what is the answer? The cure for racism is necessarily religious. The only non-racist civilization in history is the West. The only civilization that has done anything to cure the problem of racism is the West. Okay. Why did the West do that? Because of Christianity. Because the thing that shaped the West, the thing that has defined the West, is Christianity. And in Christianity, in Christ, as the scriptures tell us, there is neither Jew nor Greek, nor bond nor free, but all are one in Christ Jesus. These these racial divisions go away in the mystical body of Christ. That is the theological basis of anti-racism and the image of God and our common ancestor. That manifests in the culture. So even in our civilization now, which has in many ways discarded the religion that created it, we still have the kind of lingering effects, the lingering attitudes that were created by that religious answer. People have been asking me, they've been writing in on Twitter and an email and other places. They've said, how do you stay calm during what is now apparently a national insurrection? How do you stay calm and happy? There are two answers. The one is religious. The other is historical. Obviously, the religious answer is my savior lives. You know, come on. You can, you know, this, this flesh isn't going to last forever. This matter isn't, isn't the whole world. We should protect people's property. We should protect our civilization and our cities. But, you know, this ain't it. This isn't the whole world. And so in the grand scheme of things, the, the footlocker that just got robbed is, is not, you know, the be all and end all. It's very sad for the business owner. It's wrong, but you know, it's not, not the end of the world. Also, if you have this religious point of view, you realize the imagination of man's heart is evil from the beginning. We're in a fallen world. There is original sin. We're not going to get utopia on earth. America, wonderful country as it is, is not this utopia. It's not going to be perfect. There's always going to be injustice. So that's the way of the world. That's the religious answer. The other one is historical. Lots of bad things happen in history. I mean, if you look back at not just the recent past, but the longer past, the way longer past, go back actually to the historical accounts in the Bible, things go real bad real fast. There are lots of atrocities. There's lots of precedent. You know, a lot of people are comparing this race riot to the 1992 riots. And there are some analogs and some not analogs, meaning in, in 1992, these race riots began because Rodney King was beaten by the police. And then the police officers who were involved were acquitted of the crime. And because they were acquitted, people view this as an injustice and there were race riots. There is some analogy here, except where is the injustice currently being committed? A guy was killed, very likely through police brutality. Then the cop involved was fired, and then he was charged with murder. What, what next? What, el- what else could be done? There's nothing else to be... The guy's being charged with murder. There's no, it's not like he was acquitted, right, and he gets to walk scot-free. There's nothing else to be done. There. There's, so there's no resolution to this. There's no, there's no answer. It's just this venting of frustration that I think comes from from ignorance and isolation and uh, uh, a loss of, of what the 
the civilization is built on. That happens in history. Nations rise, nations peak, nations fall. Civilizations rise, they peak, they fall. Lots of uh, bad things, lots of suffering. The world continues to spin. The world goes on. There will be, you know, uh, if you have a progressive vision of the world, then things have to keep getting better and better and better and better. And everything in the past was bad and everything in the future is getting better and better. And the reason why progressives and liberals are so disillusioned is because that doesn't actually happen. The way things, the way things really happen is some bad things happen, then maybe some good things happen, but then some more bad things happen. And now we're in the midst of one of these bad things happening. And guess what? Some good things will happen again. That's the good news. And the bad news is some bad things will happen after that. That's the way of the world. It's not particularly ideological. It's much more practical. It's much more realistic. But I think all of the madness that we're looking at right now has been caused by ideological delusions. And the only way we're going to get back to any sense of normalcy is by dispelling those illusions and accepting occasionally a, a bitter pill, but ultimately a much more comforting one, reality. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies and directed by Mike Joyner. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Technical producer, Austin Stevens. Assistant director, Pavel Widowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. Production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Listen.